Good evening, good afternoon, and good night, my fellow nerdheads, putter pals, Power Ranger fanatics, and so forth. As I promised, I was going to try and do catch up with what I uh, missed with me being gone for so long, which I still apologize for. I'm still trying to get with some of my um, special guests to be on here. Um, but right now, it's October. Uh, what's left of the 18th of 2023. So I thought I'd just start off with some so-called horror movies or parodies ones, considering what this is, and work my way through some. So, this one is one of my family that I married into, favorite one. Um, we can watch it any time of the year and just laugh our butts off. Uh, Beetlejuice, the first one. Now, there is a second one coming out. Thank God it's not like the one they were going to do back in 1988. I'll get to that in a minute. But... This Beetlejuice was made in 1988. It was one of Tim Burton's first big films uh, after Big Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Apparently, when that did so well at the box office, everyone was tossing ideas and scripts at him for him to do. And there weren't very many he liked, except this one. And he jumped at the chance. He knew who he wanted, and it didn't always work out that way. But we'll get to that in a second. Um, Beetlejuice, if you haven't seen it at all, let alone uh, haven't seen it in a while, you need to either way. Um, this couple passes away of a freak accident and they are now ghosts stuck at their home can't leave the place or they'll end up in a weird other universe or something but while they've been dead their house has been sold to these people they they are from the country they're out in the sticks they're like um How can I put this? They're not country people, but they're laid-back people. They have open land, this beautiful two-story house, but it's just two of them. And that's pointed out early in the movie in a very sad way. But, anyway, their house is sold to this family of three uh, from the city. And... One is a artistic uh, mother with interesting fashion sense. The father is a normal city guy. He's there to, to relax, retire, and just live on the land. And then there's their daughter, Lydia. She is the embodiment of goth of the 1980s. Um, she is the, literally the black sheep of the family. 
And so these people want to destroy their house, change it up. They're nothing like the original owners that passed away. And the original owners want to scare them out. They try, they fail, so they get this uh, other ghost that wants to help them get them out. And named Beetlejuice. Now, you will see it in the movie spelt differently. It's spelt differently, but it is pronounced Beetlejuice. Go figure. But anyway, it's a maleficent spirit to drive them out and he is up to no good the whole thing it is played uh, starring uh, Alec Baldwin a very young Alec Baldwin uh, one owner writer you would know her as the mother from all those Stranger Things episodes Um, and can't think of her name. The mom from Shit's Creek. And then there's the dad. And the dad would be known. Uh, he hasn't really done very much in, since 1990s. Uh, Stuart Little. One of the uncles. Uh, the principal from Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of thing. But anyway. Awesome cast. Awesome story. Funny as all get out. Um, always a classic. So anyway, and Beetlejuice is played by Michael Keaton. Now y'all would probably know him if you saw The Flash, the movie. He's the guy who played Batman in the other universe. Okay? He's done some other stuff. If you saw Batman Homecoming, he was the vulture. He was the one with the metal wings on his back. That was Michael Keaton. He, this was one of his first movies he ever did back in the 1980s. He was really popular back then. Um, but this is his favorite movie, Michael Keaton's favorite movie. This is his favorite movie of any of the movies he's done. Um, what's awesome about this movie is he did something I love to do when I do theater. And stuff, and that's ad-libbed. He ad-libbed 90% of his lines. And those people were professionals. They just went along with it, and you would never have known it. Um, this is how old this movie is, as well. Netflix started out, before it was uh, a channel or whatever, it was a company that would, you could order DVDs of movies through the mail. Yeah, when DVDs first came out, they hopped on that wagon. And now they are what we know them as now. But when they did that, this movie, Beetlejuice, was the very first movie they put on their list for you to be able to mail, come uh, get in the mail. In 1998. Um... The cast didn't really want to do this movie originally. Um, when Tim Burton described the character to be, of Beetlejuice to Michael Keaton, he said, having lived in every timeline, 
every every time period but not but no time period and I would not have understood that if I not had heard a song from the Beetlejuice Broadway show and I'm not sure if it was in the movie in the play I mean or if it was one that was written for it but was not used um but it talks about from Beetlejuice's perspective of him of how long he's been around um but anyway so Michael took that information and created the look from the wild shocked hairstyle to the mold uh makeup on his face and stuff to the big teeth green and everything and when he first walked in on set with that gear with the way he looked the crew loved it cast and crew loved the look and they just started chanting juice 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 and it just pumped him up to do this part even more the studio here's the funny part the studio actually wanted to first call this movie the house ghosts I'm sorry but I just can't see that I'm sorry and as a joke Tim Burton suggested they name it scared sheetless s-h-e-e-t less and was worried when the studio actually considered using that I would have been too I would not want to be known for a guy for a movie named scared sheetless There's a part in the movie where the ghosts go, where the two, where the, the, the dead couple go to the afterlife, um, the neither world, and there you have to meet with their, try to get help to get these human, the living out of their house, and they go into a waiting room, and in the waiting room is tons of people that have died, and in different ways of death they are shown how they died they're sitting in the waiting room um except for the Maitlands the 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 couple that's in the main characters of the movie um there's a guy in a sleeping bag standing up and there's a rat big rattle from a rattlesnake still shaking so he that's clearly from him dying of being bit by a rattlesnake there's a lady in a dress that's been cut in half, like a magician's assistant. Apparently, the, it didn't go very well. Um, a safari dude with a shrunken head. Um, a dude that's uh, nothing but a burnt skeleton, but he's over there smoking a cigarette. Um, so, so many others. Uh, but everyone shows how they died when they die except for the main two characters and the reason why that is is because they drowned and Tim Burton did not want them to have to walk around the set all day every day soaked to the bone it would be very uncomfortable they would have gotten sick so that that was a that was a no um when Adam and Barbara the uh the married dead couple are in the office 
a voice can be heard in, over the intercom when they go in the back to talk to their uh, counselor or whatever. Uh, you can hear a voice over a PA system saying, Flight 409 arriving at gate 3. Now, I didn't get this joke. But when I read it to my wife, she laughed her butt off. Because she understood it. She's like, I never noticed it. And I used to watch this movie all the time. So, it's kind of a gag, I guess, to a really bad thing that happened in real life. United Airlines. Uh, Flight 409 crashed into a mountain, killing all the people on board. Crew, uh, writers, everything. But it happened in in October 6th of 1955, so it wasn't something brand new, but it was still something that was known that and it was interesting to hear it after I, I saw the movie after I wrote this for the umpteenth time and I was like there it is oh my gosh um, Tim Burton didn't like there's a scene in the movie where they use the banana boat song from Harry Belafonte you know they like coming me want to go home yeah that song he hated that they use that song he didn't find it funny at all but yet, it turned out to be the most memorable part, one of the most memorable parts in the movie for anyone that has ever seen this movie. And it's it's an iconic scene in this movie. Um, back in 1988, okay, so everyone knows that Beetlejuice is getting a sequel next year in 2024. And it's supposed to have... Uh, when I had a writer, it's supposed to have um, Dino Ortega, the one that played Wednesday, as her daughter and, and everything. But they wanted to do a sequel back in 1988 because it did so well in the box office. And they wanted to ride that pony like they usually do. Luckily, they did not go with this idea. Because that sequel was called, and I kid you not, people, Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. You heard me right. The script was commissioned and Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder was on board for it. Uh, they were signed on to reprise their roles just like they are in this movie in the night in the 2024 one coming out next year. Um, but Tim lost interest in this movie, thank God for that. And went on and made one of my person, two of my favorite movies of all time, Batman, 1989, uh, with Michael Keaton as Batman, Jack uh, Nicholson as the Joker, one of the best Jokers next to Heath Ledger, and um, the one from 1970s, and he did Batman Returns. Also one of the awesomest ones ever. So yeah, I'm so glad they did this. Did those two instead of Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. I don't I I just I just can't picture that my 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 friends. But anyway. The visual effects 
budget was one million dollars back then it was a lot of money but also not a lot of money for such a movie and that's why he went Tim decided to go with this uh, tacky B movie uh, as possible which worked perfectly um, the sandworms not like trimmers these are totally different kind of sandworms are clunky and not as scary more goofy and um, iconic but they're clay and they're just freaking awesome it works so well for this movie um, there's a wedding scene with Lydia uh, played by Winona Ryder uh, and she's wearing a red dress now I know that some people are going to be like why was she wearing a red dress you're supposed to wear a white dress for purity whatever and there's something about Winona Ryder character that I'll tell you in a minute that makes this even more creepy but she um the red dress is was in accordance to an old rhyme about wedding dress colors and the one for red was married in red better off dead I'm not making that up um but her being in a wedding dress and what I'll tell y'all later about her is even creepier but anyway um now back in the 1980s those were some of the best movies of all time okay uh Technology wasn't what it is today. It wasn't all green screens or whatever. It was real life. It was uh, whatever. It was awesome. Uh, so alongside Spaceballs, 1987, the movie Big with Tom Hanks in 1988, and Caddyshack 2 with some of the greatest comedians of its time in 1988, it was this movie also was notable for containing the F word in a film rated PG during the era of PG-13. So, back then, the F word in a movie was like, not, not gonna happen. You had to have a rated R or maybe a PG-13. You could not do a parental guidance movie and have one single cuss word in it okay so for them to get away with saying the f word back in the 1980s and ha still have a parental guidance thing without the 13 year old symbol that's awesome back then now in every movie has to have that word at least three times or at least it seems that way um, the original plan for the dinner scene, one of my favorite scenes, uh, was to have a song called The Ink Spots, or from a band called The Ink Spots. I have to look these guys up. Uh, no, the song is called The Ink Spots by Jeffrey Jones. 
I still have to look this song up. Um, and Catherine O'Hare suggested, uh, she's the one that played Lydia, the mom. Uh, she suggested that the music be Calypso. Holy crud. I can't picture that scene being done any other way but the Banana Boat song. So, thank you, Miss Catherine. Um, During a sequence where they are in Juno, their caseworker, to help them change out, uh, get get rid of the living people in their house, uh, you can see a movie audience in the background of her office. The scene was created, created the illusion that the living and the dead could see each other. And among the among them were red and green skeletons identical to the ones that are seen in Tim Burton's Mars Attacks movie which doesn't happen till 1996. And then you see a woman with red hair and two men in shades. That was a nod to the Blues Brothers, which is kind of funny since at that time only one of them had passed away in real life. Uh, The interesting thing is, as wonderful as this movie was and as big of actors these were even back then, they did not, like I said, they did not want to have anything to do with this movie. It made no sense to them whatsoever. Um, it took a long time for him to convince, for Tim Burton to convince any of them to do, to do this movie. They said it was too weird. And I agree. In a good way, though. But Burton met with Michael Keaton, got him on board, called Sidney, famous actor of the old days, actress of the old days. She's the one playing Juno, the caseworker. And begged her to do it, which she did. And he flew out to wherever Catherine O'Hara was, the lady that played the mom from Shit's Creek. Uh, she played Delia and convinced her. He flew out to wherever she was. This is how serious he was to have her. Um, also, at the here's here's the at the end of the movie, Beetlejuice is in the waiting room, feeling up the bottom half of the magician's assistant's cut-in-half assistant, the legs of her. Um, this had to be very awkward for Mr. Tim Burton because the leg part, the legs, were real legs, and they were of his, at that time, his girlfriend, of Tim Burton's girlfriend. Um, Tim Burton originally wanted his childhood-loved actor-slash-singer Sammy Davis Jr. Now there is not a single movie I can name off that y'all would probably the young folks that listen to this would know Sammy Davis Jr. from. So ask your parents, your grandparents, whatever. They wanted him. He wanted him to play uh, Beetlejuice, but the studio executives didn't like that idea. And I am a big Sammy Davis Jr. fan. I love him to death. So, but even I was just like, when I read that, I was like, mm, no. 
can't see it. And the part of Lydia came down to two people to play that part. Winona Ryder, who got the part, and Alyssa Milano. Now, Alyssa Milano was, if you ever saw the original 1990s Charmed, she was the sister that had the premonitions. But she's been an actress and actress since she was in her teens. Um, Michael Keaton based his character performance on Chop Top. Uh, from Chainsaw Massacre 2 from the 1986 movie. Also, Alec Baldwin, like I said, he plays the husband of the dead couple. He hates this movie and, cons and is, considers this one of his worst performances. I thought it was one of his best performances next to Cat in the Hat and Rock of Ages. But, oh, check this out. Love this. During the graveyard scene, when they first, when the spirits first meet Beetlejuice, um, the couple starts to leave. When Beetlejuice gets mad and kicks one of the trees over of this model that he's living in, uh, it the tree falls over, and it wasn't supposed to. So when it does, Keaton ad-libs the line, nice effing model, and grabs his crotch with the honking sound. Now this was not towards the guy who made the model in the movie, this was to the prop department. He did this to the set designers, messing up the set. Tim loved this ad-libbed scene so much that he left it in the movie but it was a scene that was not planned and it's one of my favorites um the scene where Beetlejuice eats a fly now you don't see him just like you don't see him in the cartoons back in the 80's um when he pulls the, the candy bar through the styrofoam of the model or whatever uh, of a fly is a tribute to the horror film The Fly of 1958. Gina Davis starred in the 1986 version and Keaton was offered a part and turned it down. When Beetlejuice pulls it pulls the fly down under the model you can hear the fly screaming help me help me which is a line from the 1958 film. Um, oh, this was really messed up. Um, in the movie, one of the most icon other iconic scenes is the end of the movie with Lydia being wanting to be possessed to do another Harry Belafonte song. Um, this was not the original ending. I'm telling you, when I read this, I'm like. Yeah, this is a little darker. This is Tim Burton's stuff right here. The original ending was significantly darker. 
Lydia is supposed was supposed to die in a fire, ladies and gentlemen. Joining her friends in the afterlife. Come on, really? After all that stuff, you were going to kill off Lydia? In such a drastic way? But luckily they changed it for considering the message it would send to the young people that death would be a happy ending. Which it's not, people. I don't care who you are. It's not. Now, some of these actresses you will know. Some of these actresses you won't know. But Juliette Lewis. Lori uh, Lolin. Diane Lane, Sarah Jessica Parker, Brooke Shields, Justine Bateman, Molly Ringwald, and Jennifer Connelly all tried out for the role of Lydia. And after they tried out for the part, they turned it down. So then it was down to those other two people that they were thinking of. Luckily, they went with... with, um, Winona Ryder, because I don't think Alyssa Milano would have done it as good as she did. But while we're naming off actors and actresses, check this out. Um, The Beetlejuice character. Dustin Hoffman. Robin Williams. Christopher Lloyd. Jim Carrey. Tim Curry. Jack Nicholson. Bill Murray, Robert De Niro, and John Cleese were all considered to play Beetlejuice. I'm sorry. As much as I'm fans of majority of these actors, Robin Williams, I love. I think he would have been an awesome one. I don't think he could have done it any better. Jim Carrey, love him. I think he would have made it a little too more, too much. Rubber face than anything. Tim Curry, I don't think he could have done it as good. He's a great actor, don't get me wrong. And I think Jack Nicholson would have just, ugh, no. Now... The faces. Here's something I found was interesting. And my nerd heart died for a moment when I read this. And I hope Miss Gypsy is listening to this. A set of screen-used foam latex prosthetic pieces. When the, um, the dead couple is... Preparing to really scare the living daylights out of these, the living. They're pulling their their face out. They got their eyeballs in their mouths, and in fingers and in their head and everything. This was like the coolest prosthetics I've ever seen. Um, they were found in an English couple's home during filming. For a UK show called Cash in the Attic. 
Here's the part that killed me. I'm not kidding. My heart just was like, ugh. The show is about putting personal items up for auction to raise cash. But the prosthetics were in such poor condition that they couldn't sell them. That means from 1986 to 2000, they just rotted away and people didn't care or just forgot them, which I don't see how that's possible. This is the greatest, one of the greatest comedy movies of 1980s. And that's like the coolest thing to have. And it just was that jacked up. And 